Thursday, September 3rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians last night, uh, pull one out in Kansas City. Tyler Naquin providing all the offense with a couple of home runs. And uh, the rookie, Tristan McKenzie, uh, looking solid again. Uh, another six innings, six strikeouts, and, and really sort of uh, kept things under control. Uh, he was he was excellent once again, and uh, really really does uh, give the Indians a, a positive sign after trading away Mike Clevenger that they can plug another rookie into that rotation and, and have him produce. That was a great start, Joe. You know, you um, six innings, like you said, six scoreless innings, three hits, six strikeouts, and he and he looked smooth and in command. Uh, you know, after his great. Um, you know, debut against the Tigers. He had that kind of rough start, Not, you know, just kind of an in-between in start, only four innings last Friday against St. Louis. And you were kind of wondering, okay, you know, what exactly uh, do the Indians have here? Um, you know, this is a kid that had, hadn't really pitched since, you know, August of 2018, and that was a double A. And, you're, you know, that's a huge jump. But uh, he came back, he showed, uh, you know, he belonged. I think everyone loves his stuff. Uh, and now, he, you know, he got deeper into the game, uh, just still only took him, what, 80, 85 pitches. So he was under control. He was efficient. Uh, and like you said, I mean, with Clevenger gone, uh, you know, now you got Plesak and, and, and Tristan at the back end of that rotation. I mean, and they're both young guys, uh, you, know, uh, you know, based on service time. You know, that's, that's a great thing for the future. I mean, that's, that's what, what keeps this, this rotation and this organization going. One of the things that, uh, that you asked about before the game, and it, it sort of, uh, you know, uh, came to pass uh, that evening, was uh, the, the routine that uh, McKenzie was, was supposed to go through, the, the bullpen sessions, uh, having a little more intensity, and then his pregame routine. Uh, do you think that is sort of factoring into the way that he came out there looking smooth, feeling comfortable, and, and throwing free and easy? Yeah, I think it did. Uh, you know, Carl Willis, uh, when uh, before uh, Tristan threw his bullpen on Sunday in St. Louis in preparation for last night's start, you know, just said, let's make it a little more intense. Let's make it a little more uh, like a game, you know, like game activity or game, game situations uh, so he can um, start pitching, you know, and, and just pitch – like under game situations, he wanted to see him. I think use his secondary pitches more, and uh, just don't just don't go through the motions. And I think that's just a kid learning. You know, uh, you everyone talks about routines and routines, routines in the big leagues. What you have to do to get ready every day or every five, four or five days if you're a starter. And I think this is he's probably developing that right now. I, I think he, what did he do? He he kind of sat for a long time in the dugout before the St. Louis start. You know, mm -hmm. he sat there for 20, 30 minutes. Uh, you know, because they had that big first inning uh, against the Cardinals, and that kind of probably you know what didn't do him a, a whole lot of good if you if you're throwing 40 pitches in the bullpen and then you sit there and uh, just get stiff. So you know he's got to figure out. You know maybe stay in the bullpen a little longer. You know. Go and ride the bike, you know, move around, do, you know, do some stuff. Last night he came hot right out of the pen, didn't he? He came, came right out of the bullpen. It's unusual to, to come straight out of the bullpen and right out of the field. Yeah, that's like a, you know, a boxer. Well, if uh, guys <laughs> start slow, you know, so you, 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 you box, shadow box two or three rounds in the dressing room before you come out, before you come out uh, into the ring. 
Yeah, well, I don't think anybody's going to mistake uh, Tristan McKenzie and his body type for, uh, for that of a boxer. It's a, a bit unusual. Hey, but uh, uh, one of the reasons why he was able to, to stay out there for six innings and certainly a, a young pitcher's best friend, uh, the Indians played some pretty great defense. It's some of the best defense we've seen uh, behind him last night, including Delano DeShields crashing face first in the center field wall to rob Michael Franco of extra bases with a catch. Uh, they turned three double plays, uh, including Carlos Santana uh, throwing out Ryan McBroom at third base after stepping on first with a ground ball. Uh, Francisco Lindor comes up with a bare hand uh, throw on a, on a ground ball off of uh, the, uh, the catcher Cam Gallagher that actually went between Tristan McKenzie's legs. The Indians are, uh, I, I believe, third in the AL in, in overall defense, uh, according to fan graphs. And their uh, defensive runs above average, uh, according to fan graphs, and third in the league in defensive total defensive runs saved. So uh, they're playing some really good defense behind uh, their young pitchers as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, what are we, uh, like 38, 39 games into this thing now? And, you know, the weather's warm. I think you're starting to see guys play baseball. You know, I think you're starting to see why these guys are big league players defensively and offensively. You know, they're just kind of getting into a groove right now under normal, you know, circumstances. And uh, I loved, uh, I love what you wrote about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tyler Naquin <laughs> yelling at 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 uh, DeShields, wall, wall, wall. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he wasn't <laughs> like, telling him. He wasn't telling him not to run through the wall. He yeah, was just saying yeah. it, it's kind of there. <laughs> That's like you know an offensive tackle when he gets beat, a lookout block, you know, to yelling <laughs> at his quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was great a great catch we're starting to see what Delino can bring to the team you know he's he's kind of been up and down a little bit but you know you play defense like that you're gonna you know you're gonna stay in the lineup and Sandy has given him a chance chance to play you just wonder where does Mercado fit but right now you know you you're playing the 60 game season so you got to go with, with with the guy you like the best and you oh. feel is the high we, we saw where Mercado fits the other night when Fran Mil Reyes doubled late in the game. He came out and he pinch ran. There you go. That's where Mercado fits right now. <laughs> um, DeShields is actually really lucky that he did he made that catch on the third game of a three-game series, the getaway game, because if he had come out there, uh, you know, if the Indians were playing in Kansas City today, uh, he, he would have come out for batting practice, and there would have definitely been a – uh, stick figure of him taped to the wall where he crashed into that. So that's right. That's funny. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that, definitely. You can't do were. that too many times. So I don't think, you know, you, you, you got to limit your collisions with the fence. No. Well, and we saw it uh, actually the Mets, Jake Marisnik, uh crashed face first into a wall, very similar, didn't make the catch, but he came away from it, you know, bloodied and, and not, uh, not feeling too great after that play. Uh, it was a similar play in the earlier in the day. Uh, for the Mets. Uh, okay, so we've got Tristan McKenzie going well. We've got uh, the defense playing well. Uh, the only the only sort of negative takeaway from last night's game, Roberto Perez, uh, the Indians' gold glove catcher, uh, leaves the game in the third inning with, uh, for precautionary reasons, with shoulder soreness. Yeah, that's a concern. And, uh, you know, I think when we when the Indians made the uh, Clevenger trade, we're wondering, we were all sitting here wondering, why did they get Austin Hedges. Why is he in that deal? And obviously, you know, they knew, uh, um, I would think they probably knew, uh, you know, 
uh, Roberto uh, Perez was having some, was still having some problem with that shoulder. So, you know, the, it turns out to be, you know, that that's you know, a little foresight goes a long way, especially with catchers, because you know Hedges is you know very good defensively. He's kind of the uh, National League version of uh, Perez. So hopefully Roberto isn't this isn't serious. Hopefully he comes back soon. But if it but if it lingers, uh, you've got you know Sandy Leone and Hedges, two very good defensive catchers. Well, you wonder if in returning Roberto Perez uh, from the injured list, they sort of knew that that the injury might be something they have to eventually have surgery on. And you know, with shoulder surgeries, you never really know. So who knows? Uh, that's just speculation at this point. But uh, you know, we we'll have to watch. Roberto Perez had ankle surgery uh, after his gold glove season. Who knows what he'll have uh, in, in the postseason uh, this year and, and, you know, always a possibility. But, you know, when when November rolls around and we get an announcement that, that he's going under the knife, you know, we'll, we'll know why. We'll, we'll, we won't be surprised. And but, it's just too bad because he was just starting to swing the bat better too, Joe. You, you know, he had the three-hit game in St. Louis. He had to hit the home run uh, – the other night in in, uh, in in against Kansas City, he was starting to look like uh, the Roberto Perez of uh, 2019, at least at the plate. All right. Uh, hey, uh, just wanted to take a moment here, uh, pause in the middle of the uh, the podcast today, and and mention the passing of Tom Seaver. Uh, actually, the news hit right in the middle of the game uh, last night, as as the Indians were playing the the Royals, and Tom Seaver was. Uh, 75 years old, uh, native of Fresno, California, passed away. This is a Hall of Famer, three-time Cy Young winner, Rookie of the Year, uh, was on the World Series Mets team in 1969, 12 times went to the All-Star game, uh, won the ERA title three times, led the league in strikeouts five, five times. Uh, Tom Seaver was about as, as good a ball player as, as they come uh, for – throughout his 20-year uh, major league career. But from, from the way that people talk about him uh, posthumously here, uh, he was also, uh, you know, a pretty great guy. Tom, terrific. You know, he was, he was the Mets guy with the amazing Mets. And uh, uh, I remember him, uh, you know, when, after he left the Mets, he pitched for Cincinnati. And I remember when he went to the American League, uh, you know, just late in his career, uh, game, old, a game at the stadium, uh, Tony Bernazard hit a home run off him. I, 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 for some reason, that just sticks in my mind. But a great pitcher, 300-game winner, and we're not going to see many of those uh, anymore, Joe. I, I don't know if we, we'll ever see another one. You know, right. who, who was the last 300-game winner? Uh, Maddox, maybe? Maddox? Did, did he win 300? I don't, I don't even uh, – Jeez, I, I can tell you who the last 300-game winner is in a few seconds here. Uh, uh, Tom Seaver voted into the Hall of Fame on 425 of 430 ballots in in his uh, election year. So uh, that that's pretty uh, pretty close to unanimous there in 1992. Yeah, just uh, yeah, definitely. Before what Jeter and uh, and Mariano got a thousand, I'll be you know 100 percent of the vote. But uh, yeah, Seaver was really really close. All right, uh, Greg Maddox won 355 games yeah. and yeah he's he was the the most recent 300 game winner uh Roger Clemens 354 games so you know he's uh he was right up there as well Roger is gonna I don't know Roger might be hung out to dry and as, as far as Cooperstown is concerned 
Right. Uh, Randy Johnson, 303 wins. Tom yeah. Glavin, 305. So Yeah, Glavin, right. I remember Glavin, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so obviously the, the baseball world uh, mourn Tom Seaver uh, throughout the, the remainder of this season. Uh, but, again, just somebody to, to keep in mind, uh, it's 2020 is a, is a, is a really awful year, Hoinsey, and it just keeps, keeps getting worse the more, more people – uh, that we keep losing. So, yeah, I, I was watching some morning news shows this morning, Joe, early this morning. And when they break in and, and talk about a pitcher, a baseball player, it's significant. And they, they, they gave uh, Tom Seaver, you know, good, a, a nice farewell, you know, and uh, it's just, uh, and I think he was, he was a Mets uh, announcer too. Mm -hmm. I think he did the right. Mets game. So. Right, right, yeah, for a long a time. long back. association with that club. I think into the 80s, at least, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure. Or, or, yeah, from the, starting in the 80s. Um, tough transition here, but we'll, we'll try to make it uh, back into the Indians and their, their current situation with their offense. Uh, we wanted to talk about, uh, obviously, Tyler Naquin has been hot uh, with the, the two-home run game yesterday. Framil Reyes had a streak of, you know, eight consecutive plate appearances where he got hits. He's tearing the cover off the ball and has been for about the last 23, 24 games. But then you look at the top of that lineup and you look up at, uh, at Francisco Lindor. Back on August 20th, he was hitting 212. And now he's up over 283. And Francisco Lindor looks, looks like he's really turned the corner and is, uh, is here to stay in, in terms of, uh, productivity in that number three hole. Yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, what, what does Tito say? You know, as cold as guys are, they're, they're going to get as hot as they are, you know, as you think they will. And, and Lindor is on one of those streaks. And, uh, you know, I, I like the fact, Joe, that it, it, it looks like he's cut down his swing. He's not trying to hit everything out of the ballpark. He's, you know, go, he's going to center field the opposite way. You know, that's what got him going. Uh, three hits last night. Like you said, nine-game hitting streak. I think he's hitting three over 350 against uh, right-handed hitters. You know, it's just um, that adds so much to that lineup. And and you know, like uh, last night in the ninth inning, when when they needed to you know get some insurance runs, he opens opens the inning with a double. You know, he doesn't get a two-out double. He, he you know he sets the table. Then Reyes uh, gets a single, and uh, and Naquin comes through uh, with the home run. You know, Naquin. Naquin is, whenever he hits a home run, it's surprising me because I don't, I don't, I don't see him as a power guy. But I mean, he is. I mean, he just he's got that swing that kind of fools you a little bit, you know. Well, uh, the last couple of games uh, in Kansas City, he's put some swings on some balls. Uh, the home run that he hit, uh, I believe, in the the second inning last night, he really saw him just like drop the head of the bat and golf yeah. the ball out. I mean, he he's. You don't really think of Tyler Naquin as some sort of like tactician up at the plate as a, as a hitter, but but he's really thoughtful as a, as a hitter as it turns out, and and in in just in in back control and, and his swing, knowing his swing, uh, I think is something that's a, a big deal for for Tyler Naquin. So, yeah, uh, if, if he's going to sit in that sixth spot for the rest of the year and just be this productive, uh, I think that's that's really a, a big positive, especially with with Framil Reyes hitting the ball the way that he is. Yeah, and, you know, Naquin's dangerous because he, he's not just a, a pull guy either. You know, he can go the other way. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, he really goes the other way better, probably better than anybody on the club, next to the Reyes, I would think. And, 
you know, he, he drove in all six runs last night. There was a stat from Elias that said he is in, in the era of the RBI since 1920, Joe Carter and him are the only Indians players to drive in five or more runs when all those runs were, were the only runs the Indians were the only scored. runs of the game. Yeah. And, and like you said, that, that also sort of the, that ability to take the, the ball where it's pitched and, and go to the opposite field uh, it shows up in his ability to stay in there and, and hit against lefties as well. You know, he's not sort of intimidated by that and it, his splits kind of prove it. I, I think he's, he is uh, making himself sort of platoon proof. Uh, you know, it, he did all last season and he, he's doing it again this year. As, all, as long as he stays on the field, he's had, you know, that's his MO yeah. kind of in his career. Like some guys have that, unfortunately, and uh, he's, he, he's got to stay healthy. And if he does, and, I think he could, you know, he's going to be a very, very productive player. And, and what are we seeing out of Reyes, uh, you know, that, that is, is different than the first maybe half dozen games or dozen games of the season. Uh, now he just really is sort of hitting to all fields and, and making contact and, and taking his approach at the plate seriously. Uh, whereas earlier in the year, I think he looked a little lost. Yeah, I, I definitely was lost. I mean, uh, you know, I, we've talked about it before when he went back to the Dominican and, did, you know, really didn't face live pitching for about three months, you know, and then he comes back and has the uh, kind of, you know, kind of so-so summer camp and uh, mm -hmm. started slow. And, uh, but now he's heating up. He looks like, I mean, this is the best version of uh, Fran Mill Reyes we've seen, even when he came over after the trade last year. I mean, you know, and he's hot too, you know, Joe, he's, he's getting, he's getting lucky. I mean, not lucky, but you can tell the ball is rolling his way. Well, I mean, the yeah, one hit off the third baseman's glove, then he bloops one into right field. I mean, he's, he's rolling. Yeah. His first hit last night, he hit off the end of the bat and that's a ball that, you know, he, he actually would have normally swung and missed at. He actually got contact and, and sort of, you know, fisted it out into right field. But, but still, uh, this is the Fran Mill that we thought we were getting coming out of spring training uh, back in March, had things not been shut down. This is as hot as he was back then. Yeah. So, so really, uh, how does this project for Fran Mill down the road uh, with the Indians? Is, is, does this, you know, make him a priority in terms of trying to lock him up? Because, uh, you know, if this is how he's going to hit for the next three, four, five years, uh, they, they might want to start considering uh, some sort of contract or, or extension if that's a, a possibility with Framil. Yeah, that's a great point. This guy, he came into this season with one year in, uh, you know, 115 days of service time. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> you got this guy for uh, five more years. Right. Uh, you know, right. counting this year. I mean, I mean, uh, this is a guy, yeah, obviously you start knocking on the door here and see if he wants to sign an extension. Uh, but just, I mean, and he's what, what, how old is he? 24, he's 24, I mean, 25. That's, that. that's ridiculous is that he's that young too. Yeah. I mean, so what, you know, you, I mean, you cross your fingers and, and hope everything goes well and stay, he stays healthy, but this is the guy they were looking for. This was the, the, the right-handed power hitter that they've, they've been looking for since who knows Manny Ramirez left town, you know, it, right. it looked like to me, mm -hmm. you know, and, well. and, Dominican outfielder. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> They've needed a right-handed hitting Dominican outfielder since Manny Ramirez. Uh, uh, they have him under control until 2025. So uh, again, let's, let, let's hope something gets worked out in that regard because uh, it's, 
Indians fans like to like to fall in love with their guys, and 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 this is a guy that you can easily fall in love with, uh, as it, to to sort of step into to vacuums that have yet to be created, but we know are about to be created. All right, Hoinsey, uh the Indians are off today. Open a uh, weekend series against the Brewers on Friday. Uh, Brewers are sort of scratching, clawing, and fighting for their postseason, you know, hopes and and, and dreams. So well, with any luck, the Indians can uh, sort of stomp on those and and stay in first place as they're up by a, a game over the the White Sox uh, in the Central. The, the White Sox and the Twins sort of beat each other up for the last three four days, and uh, the Indians were the beneficiary of that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, then uh, after Milwaukee, they've got Kansas City coming in. Uh, so uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting series too. That's the last time the two teams face each other, Joe. I mean, this thing is. This thing is this thing's going to end at the end right. of September twenty seventh. It's going to be over. Well, think about it. If they can take two or three from from Milwaukee, and you've got uh, you've got Carrasco, uh, Bieber, or I'm sorry, Bieber goes on Sunday. Carrasco, Savali, Bieber uh, yeah. going this weekend, and then you come in, you you bring in Kansas City. Boy, you could get really healthy at home against uh, Kansas City if you can stack up some wins in a four game series there. Uh, that's that's really good. And then Kansas City obviously is leaving, uh, is taking on Chicago right now. As as the Indians are playing Milwaukee, the Royals will be playing the White Sox. So we're we're going to be real big. Uh, the Indians fans are going to be real big uh, supporters of the the Royals this weekend, hoping that they can uh, take a couple from the the Sox. Uh, again, it's 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 September, and we're looking at uh, scoreboard watching lanes. It, it doesn't feel too different, right? <laughs> I just, I'm out of sorts, Joe. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going or coming, and that's that's usually my case. But even more so uh, right now with this uh, short season. I right. wonder, Joe, what do you think? Uh, you think Tito comes back this weekend? Uh, it did not sound like that was going to be the case when we talked to Sandy pregame yesterday. Uh, Sandy said it sounds like he's still got a little little ways to go. Just just by judging Sandy's tone about it, so I would be surprised if he comes back. Uh, before the end of the weekend, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll show up yeah. on Sunday, and, and we'll uh, we'll get a chance to talk to him. The Indians are what fifteen and eight under under Sandy. It's a oh, strange, it's... strange season, man. Good job. All Hopefully right, Tito uh, gets back. Yeah. Hey, and uh, just a final note as we're leaving, we'll talk more about it uh, on tomorrow's show. Uh, Brad Hand, the 2020 Indians nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award, obviously won by Carlos Carrasco last season. Uh, and Brad Hand, his work and his uh, his donations within the community and his his efforts uh, for uh, in support of youth baseball, um, really stepping forward, uh, uh, a great guy to be around, a great uh, great service to the community. So Brad Hand, the Indians nominee for the Roberto Clemente uh, Award, the most prestigious award in in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, oh, good. Good to talk to you. We'll catch you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.